Welcome to Freedom Talk with Pastor Robert Bennett of Freedom Church in Auburn. Are you looking for a genuine relationship with God to experience His joy and His love, eliminate doubt and fear in your life, and find your God-given purpose? Today on Freedom Talk, you'll find answers in today's message through God's Word. Now, let's join Pastor Robert. message today is developing a tender conscience. Developing a tender conscience. You know, your conscience has been called the compass of the soul. It works like an inward monitor, much like an alarm system. You're about to do something wrong and your conscience makes you feel uneasy. That's something that God put in each one of us. It's helping you to know what is right and what is wrong. You remember in the movie Pinocchio, it was personified, the conscience was personified in the person of Jiminy Cricket, who's saying, when you're tempted, give a little whistle, and always let your conscience be your guide, right? The commercial I think of with this when I was a kid, on on another picture, if you can picture this, is, and I'm going to show my age on this, but uh, do you remember Edgar and the Maltomeo commercial? Uh, Edgar, this is your tummy speaking. And Edgar, this cute little kid, uh, would look down. He would lift up his shirt, looked at his tummy, and was like, "My tummy's talking to me." Edgar, you know, y- you're hungry. Well, the conscience is like the voice inside of you that God built within you that says, "Robert, don't do that. You know that's wrong. I can't hear you." <laughs> Right? We, we, oh man, we, the, the conch, our conscience speaks to us every single day. That's good. That's not good. Don't go there. Don't do that. And we can either listen to our conscience or we can push it down. We can also exercise our sensitivity to our conscience or desensitize ourselves to our conscience. And I'm going to talk about that today. One of the best friends you could ever have is your conscience. And the Holy Spirit actually works with your conscience. You know, the Holy Spirit brings, the Bible says, brings conviction. That means the Holy Spirit is constantly working to convince us of the truth, where there's sin, and where there's right standing with God. And it also the Holy Spirit is convincing us that the devil is judged. And so we don't we should not partake of his judgment or fall under his condemnation. We need to work with the Holy Spirit who is working very closely with our conscience that he's given us to do the right thing. I love the story of Zacchaeus because to me it shows the picture of a sinner who had a tender conscience. If you take a look at Luke chapter 19 verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. We know the history of tax collectors. They became very rich because they basically overcharged uh, over the, the tax amount to receive income for themselves, and they were oftentimes looked at as criminals and thieves. 
and, and sinners because of the way that they cheated people in their money. And here is the chief tax collector in that region. There he is. Verse 3 says, he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When, he, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Now, what would you and I do? What, what would your house look like right now as we're sitting here at church? Perfect, yeah. And Jesus said to you today, by surprise, hey, calls you by name. Hey, I'm coming to your house today. I'm going to pay a, a, a visit to you. Would that be something that you would be happy about or absolutely petrified and scared about? <laughs> you know, Jesus, come on into the living room, but the other rooms of the house, those are off limits. You cannot see what's going on in those, those rooms. But Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house. Look at that. In great excitement and joy. Wow. And this guy is a sinner. This guy is, is you know, a, a just as unsaved as, as all get out. And he is so excited about Jesus coming to his house. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be with the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give. Now, this is what I want you to take, just a, a snapshot of a tender conscience right here. I will give half my wealth to the poor, half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. That's, that's a pretty big commitment, and I can imagine there was probably a line outside of Zacchaeus's house after they heard that uh, to say, hey, we're ready for payback time. But this was a heart that was tender. This was a conscience that was tender to the Lord. And Jesus responded, look at how Jesus responds. Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. So Zacchaeus responded well to his conscience. And we could have avoid a great deal of trouble and heartache, right, if we maintained a tender conscience before the Lord. You know, we say, I, I know what I should do, and that alarm is going off on the inside. But people do what? They, they choose to disobey their conscience. God was trying to warn them, trying to warn you and me. So we need to not make the mistake of overriding our conscience. We need to respect the conscience that God has given to us. Learn to treat your conscience the same way you would treat a boss or someone in authority over you. Romans 2, 14 through 16. Is everybody still with me now? Okay, for when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things that are in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or excusing 
them. So what I love about this scripture is it says that it doesn't matter if you're saved or not. It doesn't matter if you're a believer in Jesus or not. It says that everyone has been born with a conscience and everyone has God's laws written on their hearts. He, the Bible says he has placed eternity in our hearts. And so that's already there. That's why people already know the difference between right and wrong. But we also have the ability with that to either be sensitive to that conscience or put it down. The born again man or woman, hopefully, is sensitive to the conscience and to the Holy Spirit because they've been born again. But the one who has not been regenerated, it may be difficult, especially it's absolutely difficult to overcome anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the, the conscience may be saying, wrong, 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 but there's no ability to overcome because there's no power of the Holy Spirit working inside that person. That's why it's so important to come to the cross and be forgiven and receive the Holy Spirit and be born again. So the Bible says that everyone has a conscience. And, you know, for example, you're in a, a conversation with your spouse and things are heating up and you can feel yourself getting more aggravated. Then all of a sudden the al- inner alarm goes off. You're in, you're heading into dangerous territory and your conscience is, is saying, stop, stop, stop. Something down deep inside of you says, let it go, drop it, bite your tongue, walk away, keep the peace. Edgar, Robert. This is your conscience speaking. Stop. Stop. Have you ever been in an argument with some, somebody and it escalates and then you start saying things that are coming out of your mouth and as they're coming out of your mouth, you know you're hurting the other person? And I, I've, I've had it where my conscience was telling me, you're hurting the other person. And I, right as the words are coming out, I, would, I said, uh, I'm hurting you, aren't I? Yeah. And you know who the other person is that I'm talking about the one that's closest to me, right? And they give you that nod. Yep, yep, those, those, are, those are hurtful words. Those are hurtful words. So back it up, back it up. And that's your conscience trying to keep you out of trouble. Too many times we ignore it, don't we? And it all ends up a big argument and the entire evening is ruined or night. We could have avoided it the whole time if we'd listened to our conscience We need to learn to be sensitive, and we need to quit trying to have the last word. Amen? Amen. Paying attention to how you're feeling inside, and don't override your own conscience. Your conscience is there for a good reason. There was a preacher who heard his conscience say as he was speeding down the road, slow down, slow down. There was a cop. He actually had the feeling there's a cop around the corner, slow down. That's what his conscience was saying, and probably the Holy Spirit was speaking that to him too. And sure enough, he got pulled over. There was a cop sitting right around the corner, and the preacher told the cop, God told me you were sitting around the corner, and the cop let him off with a warning. And he said, Preacher, next time God speaks to you, you better listen. (laughs) You may be ready to say something out of your mouth that you shouldn't. You may be ready to eat something that you shouldn't. You may be ready to buy something that you shouldn't. You may be ready to make some less than noble plans that you know you shouldn't. 
and that inner alarm goes off, and God is telling us to listen to our conscience. God can keep us out of trouble. He can keep you out of danger, and he can help you make good decisions in your life through your conscience. I had that feeling, one of the, the, the best memories I can think of with um, this whole subject of conscience and just getting that alarm that something's not right is uh, when I was a freshman in high school. I'm new to the school, and there's a bunch of us freshmen guys, and we were all standing together on our break time. We were standing together, all new to the school, looking out. We were standing on the basketball court, and sure enough, these big, tall seniors came up to us, and they said, hey, guys, we need some help with moving some benches behind the building. And the, the alarm went off inside, and I thought, something doesn't, something's not right. And my friend said, oh, we can help. Actually, you know, these are acquaintances because we're all just coming from different schools, and these guys are with me. We're all freshmen, and, and they go, yeah, we can help. And I go, I go no, I'll pass because I knew something was wrong. And they went off, and uh, you know, I, I love to help. I love to, to serve and those kinds of things, but I knew, do not help on this one. I, got, I, got, I had that feeling. And it's recess time. All the, the students are out, you know, having their break. And, and then sure enough, they come from the back of that, that building, and they're carrying all of those freshmen guys with their shirts off, duct taped to chairs, and brought them and set them right in the middle of the basketball court. And then the whole, it seemed like the whole school gathered around and was looking at them. And I'm standing in the crowd going, oh my goodness, that was going to be me. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at it going, oh my goodness, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, and then maybe stand next to somebody and go, oh, that's such a shame. <laughs> That's just too bad. Well, that, that's horrible, you know. And inside I'm going, oh my goodness, that could have been me. Anyways, that inner voice, you know it, that, that inner alarm going off. And we have the ability to either increase or decrease the sensitivity to that conscience. Every time you ignore your conscience, the next time the voice of your conscience will speak more softly to you and it gets harder to hear it, the more you say no to your conscience. Unfortunately, you can actually, the Bible says you can get to a place where you completely drown out that voice within you. First Timothy, let's take a look at that. Chapter four, verse one says the Holy Spirit, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons or teachings of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. The Amplified Version uses the word cauterized. Your own conscience cauterized with a hot iron. What happens if you keep putting down your conscience and you keep denying the voice of your conscience inside? The Bible says that it becomes seared. It's no longer able to function in your life and it gets cut off in your life, and we don't want that. It becomes a desensitized conscience. Now, what will keep your conscience healthy and you sensitive to your conscience is doing some things like confession. Confession is 
an excellent mechanism that God has also given us that makes us sensitive to our conscience. Let me give you an example. So the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so when you confess your sin to the Lord, what's happening is you're in right standing with God. The blood of Jesus Christ is washing you from all sin. And that confession or your agreement with the Holy Spirit is lining you up and making your heart tender to the Lord. It also happens in relationships as well. If you go to your spouse or you go to your close friend or you go to your acquaintance or somebody in church or you go to a coworker and you say, hey, listen, when I said or did such and such, I want to tell you I was wrong. That was wrong of me to do. And what is happening when you make that confession is you are lining yourself up to the mark of your own conscience. And you are letting that word be known. And in that confession, your heart is made pliable and made soft before that person. You're humbling yourself and it's making your heart sensitive before the Lord. The confession is good for the soul, the quote says. You know, you may be sitting here thinking, you know what, this message is really good for my spouse This message is really good for brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. I hope they're listening right now. But really, this message is for for each one of us personally because the, the one big question is, how am I living when no one but God is watching? How am I living? Because that is where the the reality of your conscience before God gets really real. A good prayer for all of us is, God, help me to develop a tender conscience. Make me sensitive to your voice. Can you just make that your prayer? Lord Jesus, help me to be tender before you. Help me to have a tender conscience before you. Make me sensitive to your voice. Amen. On that line of how we live when no one is watching, I love this little short story here. Sergeant Ray Bars of the Midvale, Utah Police Department opened his wallet one day, and he noticed his driver's license had expired. His own, this is a police officer, opens up his wallet and sees that his driver's license has expired. Embarrassed, to having caught himself red-handed, he had no alternative. He calmly and deliberately pulled out his ticket book and wrote himself a citation. (laughs) Then Bars took the ticket to the city judge who fined him a whole $5. How could I give a ticket to anyone else for an expired license in the future if I don't cite myself today, Bars said. That is a person who lives with a healthy conscience, a clear conscience because he's making things right, he's confessing, he's making restitution, and he's living right before the Lord and before others. Some of you have heard me say this, but when I was um, shopping at Sam's Club one day, I walked up to the counter, I was buying a poster for the church, and the guy behind the counter said, I said, oh, this isn't the right charge for this, and the guy said, oh, well... And he did one of these, literally did one of these. It's okay. I'll just give you the price that's, that's on there. And I said, are you sure, you know, did you notice that this is for Freedom Church? I mean, are you okay with it? Is this okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. I got this. He, he does the, the charge. I pay for it. 
I walk, I turn around with my cart and I walk about 10 steps. Now, this is during a time when the Lord had been pouring out blessings on the church, financial blessings. I was around the time I think we got our, our new chairs, the blowouts of the rooms and everything. And God was just moving in a mighty way to bring us towards the next season. And I walked 10 steps from that counter and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, do you want that extra $10 or do you want my blessing? And I, I turned right around and I said, Lord, I want your blessing more than the $10. And I walked back up to them. And then you, this is where you got to have some guts and get over the fear of man. I said, listen, buddy, you got to charge me the full amount. He's like, what? I go, yeah, you got to charge me the full amount. I go, I'm living before the Lord and, uh, and we got problems here and we got to change this and make this good right now, you know? And he's like, yeah, okay, okay, buddy. No, no problem, you know? And he fixed it and I paid, you know, but, but uh, th that's the kind of sensitivity that we need to have, right, before the Lord. And to have a sensitive conscience means this, that obedience breeds more obedience. Obedience breeds more obedience. And unfortunately, the true is the opposite. It's true of the opposite of disobedience. Disobedience breeds more disobedience. And it really, it starts with the small things, doesn't it? If we, we, if we make compromises in the small things, then those lead to bigger things and bigger things and bigger things. Before you know it, we're out here in left field. And, and you know, if you start moving forward and you just do a little bit of a degree off, when you get way down the road, it's way off. And Jesus says, come back, come back to me. And the, in, the instant that we repent, we're right back in the, the center again at the cross. And that's where we, again, make those blessing obedience moves to that, that become greater and greater. Lord, I just thank you that I can be obedient to you. And I want to in receive increase. And I want to receive that increase of sensitivity to my conscience. When you obey, your conscience becomes a little bit more tender. When you obey, you're letting a little bit more light in. When you obey, your heart will be a little softer. When you obey, you'll respond to the Lord a little bit more quickly. I just want to clarify something with this too. When it comes to the subject of obedience, it has everything to do with our love for the Lord. You know, Jesus said, if you love me, then you'll do those things that I've said. But really, when you're talking about salvation, our obedience is simply that we trust Jesus for our salvation. That is salvation by grace. Salvation by grace is that Jesus did all of the work for us. There's nothing that we could have done to make us any more saved, to make us any more right with God. It is trusting in his obedience that gets us saved because he never sinned. Does that, I want to make sure that that's clear when I'm saying this because I don't want anyone to think that I'm preaching a, a works-based uh, salvation. The Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Well, what does that mean? Does it mean that you're working for your salvation? No. Jesus already did the work on the cross. What does it mean? It's kind of like exercising. You've already been saved 
So work it out. Exercise what you've already been given and work out that salvation. Oh, you've been given, you've been given that, you know, you've been given that salvation. Now work it out through every area of your life with reverence before God because he gave you that grace and he gave you that mercy. Amen? Amen. Keep your conscience clear and you'll find that life gets better and better. Amen? Thank you for joining us today on Freedom Talk with Pastor Robert Bennett of Freedom Church in Auburn. Freedom Talk is all about equipping you to walk in God's freedom every day. With a focus on outreach, Freedom Church loves to be part of what God is doing all over the world, both locally and globally. You can join Freedom Church for services Sundays at 10 a.m. at 4065 Grass Valley Highway in Auburn. We'd love to meet you, pray with you, have you visit as a guest, or you can join online at freedom-church.tv. If you've enjoyed this message, we'd love to hear from you. To ask for prayer or say hello, visit our website and click on Connect Card at freedom-church.tv. Join us next week at this time as we continue our journey of freedom in God's Word on Freedom Talk. Freedom Talk.